Hey everybody, this is Nubia. And I'm Francis. We are your dynamic duo of Chronicles Abroad. As always, our goal is to inspire you to travel with passion and purpose. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. What's going on? This is Nubia. And I'm Francis. Welcome back to Chronicles Abroad. I hope you all had a chance to look at our first season episode in like months. Francis and I spilled the tea on what's been going on with Chronicles Abroad and ourselves and how the, the lifeline of Chronicles Abroad was actually hanging at it by a thread, right? And the steps that we took to work through those things or as we're working through those things, I'll say, because it's not something that has just happened overnight and it's done. We're consistently working through these things. So with that said, we decided to flip the script a little bit, come back after several months and really share some insights into what we've been doing individually and really just dive deep into that, right? So today we're going to make it so I am the host and Francis is the guest. Oh, snap. I'm getting I get to you. ask the question. I get to talk more than she does. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't understand what I hey, go listen, through this listen. Girl, man. It is what it is. For those that don't know who Francis is, and I'm sure you do, but I'm just going to make believe that you don't. But if you don't, I'm going to let Francis sum up who she is in a few words, just to kind of give you a background to get you to today. So Francis, kick it I off. Like I, I feel like I just opened up a dating app and I have to describe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, that's look, probably look, who you are. <laughs> let's see if she has a good dating profile, guys. Go ahead. Anywho, anywho. My name is um, Francis. Anywho. Five, four. Okay. Yeah. You know who I am. I'm realizing the more I get to know myself and the more I read into myself that I have to stay aligned with my values and everything else. And I say this because one of the things that's a key characteristic of me is that I love adventure and I like trying new things and I like the freedom to, to move. So in the past, I would choose opportunities and situations where that was total opposite. So I spent a number of years being out of alignment, which eventually led to like depression, anxiety, and all this other stuff. And in 2016, buying a ticket, a one-way ticket to Thailand, not knowing anything about Thailand. I mean, you could go back to season one, episode one, part two, where I go really in depth in my story, but essentially I was out of alignment. I needed some healing. I needed space and going overseas provided that for me, that solitude to explore and to think more deeply about and be more, uh, introspective. So, but after those three years was up, I lived in both Thailand and Japan. And this is when Chronicles of Bride was birthed and everything else while I was living in Japan. And then I came back in 2019. And then uh, I was only supposed to be in the States for a year. And I came back specifically for my son. He was going through some things. 
But then COVID happened after that, and that extended my stay even longer. So, and I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of what my experience has been back since living back in the States and what the future holds. You missed out some important pieces that I felt like needed to be addressed, right? So when you left, there was a number of or series of things going on within your personal life. Your dad passed away all of a sudden, and that made you look at your mortality differently. And you were also not necessarily losing your son, but becoming an empty nester, which meant that, you know, the one person that you took care of every day, nurtured every day was off and you was letting him go live his life. So it was like you were, you know, now at this place, like, okay, it's time for me to do me. And I think those are important things because even though, not, not even though, we've discussed the three things that we feel like can help or hinder a person's growth, and that is family, fear, and finance. So you were having the family situation going on, you know what I mean? So how did you tackle that at that moment? Yeah, I mean, the whole family thing, there's so many layers to it. As someone who was always the mediator, the one to put out the fires, everybody turned to me to kind of fix things or be very responsible for things. So there's a codependency there, especially being from the islands, if you're from the islands, or uh, you know that whole like obligation towards your family. So that whole thing weighed on me, but also realizing that I needed to really do something for myself because you're only as strong as your whole mind, body, and soul is. So. If you're in a situation where things around you are depleting you, you're sucking your energy, then in order for you to be able to survive that and strengthen yourself at the same time is to pull away. Sorry. Usually, that's usually not even me. Usually, that's Nubia, but Here she, she got, me, got me good today. Um, yeah, so at some point to me, I always say self-care is self-preservation. So if there's things in your life that are, you feel like this is like a matter of survival that I do this thing. That is how I felt. It was a matter of survival, emotional and spiritual balance. And I had to go. Yeah. So one thing also um, with that, that you don't discuss a lot of is your personal life in the sense of relationships. So at the time in 2016, you were actually in a relationship or coming out of one? What was that situation like? I know you mentioned it a few times in the last episodes. And the reason why people would know why I am asking this question. Yeah, I was like, yo, she get all, up in my business, yo. Because we getting into On my business. Everybody I didn't sign a release, child. I didn't sign a release. Well, no, because I really want people to understand that there were levels to everything that was going on emotionally physically, mentally with you. This is why I really just want to kind of dive into the layers. So dad passed away. How did that like affect you? You know what I'm saying? In that moment, because this wasn't like he was sick for a long period of time or anything. This happened kind of like out of the blue, right? Yeah. I mean, I was talking to him one week and then following week, I got a phone call. It was really that quickly. I think that whole year, the whole year was a blur for me absolute blur and I'm very thankful that I had like my sister stepped up a little bit she's younger I'm very thankful that I had my family to step up but it was an absolute blur and I realized I needed space to grieve and I don't think I could articulate it then but I had to deal with my grief and I grief with everything the person I thought I was to readjusting relationships with family restructuring relationships with friends being a mom all that stuff all those things and roles we have to grieve so that we can move towards the next step. Again, I couldn't articulate it then, but that's exactly what I needed. And living overseas provided a space and the freedom without any guilt 
shame related to pulling away from those circumstances, but the freedom to deal with my grief at my own pace. Uh, yeah, so it was pretty, it was a tough year. And then on top of when you're talking about the relationship, it was, a, it was a toxic relationship that I probably, in my gut, you know, you always have those red flags and they tell you your intuition. You really have to listen to it because my intuition said this person should not come on the trip with me. But here I go again, you know, my old role was like kind of fix things and take care of people and all this other stuff. So I had to let that role go too as well because that wasn't serving me. But that person was going through some things. So I was like, come on this trip with me, trying to bring her along my journey during her mess was not conducive. So that fell apart pretty rapidly. As it usually and, does, uh, you know, but for whatever reason, most times we still try to hold on, hold on, hold on. Even prior to the trip, right? Because I really want to just talk about how the trip got there, right? When your dad passed away and you, you know, were going through a lot mentally, emotionally, um, and really kind of just reevaluating, you know, everything around you and trying to assess, that's also, I would believe is what you had mentioned was a time when you were like, you were, you were starting to really think about your mortality. And I don't think a lot of us think hard about mortality until something or someone very close to us ends up passing all of a sudden, because then it, it's it kind of like sparks in your head, like, damn, life is truly short. I think this pandemic now has put a lot of us in the forefront of that to see how things can change, you know, in a blink of an eye. But at that time that your dad passed, as you said, he spoke to him one week and then the next week he was gone. You had to kind of face your own mortality with that because you said your dad wanted to do so, so many things, but didn't get an opportunity. Yeah, for sure. And death was always something that was weird for me. And it wasn't the first time I experienced death. Um, my mom passed away when I was 16. And then my grandmother was really close to passed away. And then my father passed away. So death wasn't anything new, but it was different each time. One of the things that I really wanted to get a handle of was the impermanency of life. And I don't feel like the West provides that atmosphere to deal with the things that are inevitable in a way that brings you peace and harmony. I think that's kind of what led me to Thailand. And I got more into Buddhism and I got, not that I'm a Buddhist, but I like some of the teachings and philosophies. And those are the things that kind of helped me deal with a lot of my grief. Um, why did I forget your question, child? <laughs> it, it wasn't necessarily a question. Yeah. It was more or less okay, just yeah. so, setting the stage and yeah. the tone for really the things that we're facing because I think that people don't realize. Okay, here we go. You that's, know. What, that's what I was going to say. Okay. So essentially, it's like we live a life that makes it seem that we are going to live forever. And that is not the case. So knowing that, it's like, what are you going to do differently and how... One of the questions that Steve Jobs always asked himself is like, if today was my last day, how would I live it? It's a difference of like, when you get that, you know, awful diagnosis from the doctor and then boom, you, you just take off and you just start living for some people, right? So you have the option here. So there was so much going on in 2016. I had the option of really folding back into my comfort zone and being surrounded by family, like moving back home, you know, being in the collective grief of my family, I had the option of doing that. I had the option of maybe staying with my son in Florida. So I had all these things. It's like, when you look at it, it's like, maybe this wasn't a good time to make that decision. Maybe this, maybe I should just go back home and help my family grieve and all this. Other. So there was a lot weighing on, on that decision. Uh, but again, I realized that I needed to separate myself from all that because I couldn't hear myself. I couldn't hear the noise. The noise. We call it the noise all the time. Yeah. So yeah. And then I realized, yes, life is short. And all those things that I said I was going to do and all these things that I wanted to create that was not happening. And that's like, why isn't it happening? 
Like, why can't? And then I started to lean more towards, like, I am the creator of my life. Mm. I had to really change my perspective, lifestyle, all that philosophy to really feed the fact that, like, today is not promised. Like, it's just not so. And also with that, you talk a little bit about, you know, I know when you and I had started to, you know, communicate and everything else, you were unfulfilled in your professional life as well. You know, you know, I've always teased Francis with, girl, what do you do? Because if you, if she showed you her resume, she has like a slew of different things she's had her hands in. I would say now is the first time that I've really seen you in alignment for the things that you, you do and you really are passionate about and actually committing to getting those things done without being the octopus that you've always been and just kind of, you know, having your hand in all these different pots. So here you were really trying to face the fact that life is short, right? What are the things that I want to do? Why are, why am I not doing them? Or, you know, should I really just be here for my family? Or how am I going to handle all these things? Plus you have work, right? Where you're just like, I don't really know if I like this job, but this is really not going to be what I want to do forever. Like, give us a little bit, because I think that our audience resonates with all of these things. And I feel when I'm now listening and talking to you about your story, you've been through multiple layers of what almost all of our listeners have been through. You and I both are moms and single moms of young adults, but we can talk about that a little bit further in the story. But let's talk now about professional life and how you kind of left that to even make the decision to (laughs) go abroad without a a physical job. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. We thank you for your support. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Now back to the show. Yeah, you know, there's so many layers to that because it was 2013, I got burned out by social work. And that was a very difficult decision for me because I knew what I was leaving behind. And I worked my entire career with working with foster care children and residential kids, kids who were never going home. So leaving them, I felt very, very guilty. But again, it was a matter of self-preservation. And that's when you started seeing me do a bunch of stuff because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted freedom. And I also want, knew that I didn't want to hear any more horrific stories. And so I needed to come something completely opposite, which led me to different things. But the theme, the underlying theme has always been like, I've always been in a people business where I get to talk to people or coach them through different things. So just that theme kind of stayed the same for so many years. And then, but again, I, I felt out of alignment. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to just go and get the certification and go teach abroad. It's something, I'm not a teacher, okay? <laughs> I may have facilitated a workshop or two, but I'm not a teacher. Uh, but I knew I wanted to still kind of do something meaningful while I traveled. That still mattered to me. And so the teacher thing happened. And I also wanted the flexibility to just travel. I also didn't want to worry myself in regards to finding a job or anything like that. So I still wanted that stability. And that led me to being part of a program that took care of all that stuff. But then did you I Google that or did somebody, did you talk to somebody? It was all Google, man. I was a Google queen, just like looking cross-referencing programs, doing my research. And then I just, I landed on one. And at first I was going to go to Mexico, but that was just too much of a safe place for me. So I totally went the total opposite, but they took everything the first time around. But then the uh, the second time around, I decided to just do it myself. Yeah. So I just found those jobs and went through the process. But again, here I was 
not doing something that was more of an alignment of things I want to do, but at the time I didn't really know it. So I always say when you are confused or you don't feel like you know what you want to do, just follow your curiosity. So that's one thing that's always been a thing for me. It's like I get curious about things, hence the octopus. <laughs> I get curious about things and I try things out. And if it doesn't work, I pivot and I try something else. So I'm not afraid to do that. I'm never afraid to pivot or change mm-hmm. things if they're not working, especially when you spend number of years doing the same thing and holding on to something that isn't working, you know, in regards to like being in, and I was a social worker for almost seven years doing this stuff, knowing that every day, sometimes I hated walking into that office do yeah. you know what I mean? or seeing certain clients or whatever, but we do it anyway. So it's like, after that pivot, trying those jobs out, I was like, I could really do whatever the hell I want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it changes, it changes. Because we never know where that one decision is going to take you to something else that takes you to something else. I don't believe in life there are coincidences. I feel like every path is a path to guide you towards the next thing. So that helped with my anxiety because then I didn't have to, I could just rely on that faith knowing that. You are open. Exactly. But if you haven't had that experience because you're set in that old mind state, then you're not going to feel confident to make those decisions. But part of this whole process is letting go and surrendering. But the minute that you do that, the universe just puts everything in its power, in its place to lead you back to where you need to be or to lead you to people that you need to be with and all that stuff. Yeah, it's almost like that little mind map that's like, do you whatever and it's a yes or no and then whatever you answer just takes you on the next path. It's not a right or wrong. It's just you choosing the, the door that you choose to walk through. So that's exactly. good that you had made that you know um, comparison because so many people live in that fear, right? Of, well... I have to, I I can't leave this job because it pays for my rent. I have a kid, I have, you know, families to to provide for, I have all of these things. But again, you know, you use the term burnt out. And I think that's important for people to understand is that if you're at a point in your career or in your work life where you feel like physically burnt out, that's not okay. Like you have to take care of your physical health. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I mean, moving overseas, my income dropped significantly. (laughs) But so did your expenses. Let's be clear. Exactly. So yeah. And that's the comparison I want to make. If you fear that, understand that we do not need much to live a joyful life. If Mm -hmm. that's what you're in search of, we can still be comfortable. And this is something that I did not understand living in the States and drinking that Kool-Aid. You can literally live here for or wherever you are. Just do the research. Obviously, countries have certain different costs of living. That doesn't change. But you realize how much you don't need. Yeah. I use the baseline of $1,000 a month is a good base for many countries. Like, if you yeah. set yourself at $1,000 a month, That's $12,000 a year. A lot of us have that saved up in your retirement account or in your, you know, maybe work towards putting that into your um, account to save like for a one year sabbatical. But if you move to a place like Asia, that is living like a king or queen. You can live on half of that. So you just extended the amount of time that you're able to live off that money by another year or another six months if you want to use some of that to travel. So that's kind of putting things into perspective. Again, I use that as a baseline. If you move to Spain, if you move to the UK, 
I'm sorry, but that's probably not going to be enough (laughs) (laughs) to live comfortably, depending on where you are. But it's almost like still there's so many different benefits. So it's like, okay, I may pay a little bit more if I move to a place in Europe, but the lifestyle of living is so vastly different than the States that it's inevitable that you're going to be impacted by it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what it all comes down to. I'm glad we talked about it not being, you know, healthy for your physical. So let's talk a little bit about that really quickly. For people who de- who are just now getting to know you, you also came from losing a lot of weight and really being disciplined with how you manage your thing, you know, your relationship with food. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the things that was my coping mechanism for my depression and anxiety was food. I pretty much ate myself close to 232 pounds. And I was like, damn, y'all, why do y'all tell me I was fat? I was like, no one told me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but yeah, I look around, like no one ever said that. Like no one, they're like, oh, you're just my friend. No one, but no one ever said like, hey, you know, I see this going on with you. I was addicted to food in that sense, right? But it came to a point where I was like, oh my God, I can't live like this anymore. I was around 30 years old. And so I just made a commitment. I'm one of those people, like if I commit to doing something, really, I don't need a transition. I'm just like, I just go in. So I literally like say, okay, man, I just threw everything out of my, even if I just bought it, I threw everything out of my cabinet. And then I went on this journey, which lasted about a year and I lost like 85 pounds. But then, you know, it yo-yos because what I realized is like, unless you get to the root of stuff, then you don't really heal those things. And those lessons keep coming back. So there was more I needed to learn in that process because I gained like 20, 30 pounds back. I realized once I got a bit of hand on that, I, been, I was able to sustain my weight for as much as I did. But living overseas it made it even that much easier. So Yeah, the food is very, especially considering that you chose places that actually have good food. Like you lived in Asia of all places and the abundance of fruits and superfoods and just, you know, street food is abundant. However, they don't use the same preservatives that we use in the States. So even though you can eat a lot more of it, it's not necessarily, you know, adding a lot of weight to you as well. And I didn't have a car, so I got to walk everywhere. And I love that. I really got back into walking. So you just adopt that leisurely lifestyle and then everything within your core changes, your mental, your spiritual, Mm -hmm. physical, all that stuff, just automatically through the process. So I'm very thankful for just moving abroad and buying that ticket job. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So lastly, let's jump into, so we talked a little bit about toxic relationships, right? Passing of your dad, you know, your mental health and your health overall, physically, you know, um, losing weight and really being committed to your personal health, right? Your wellness. Now let's talk about being a single mom and making that decision to drop your son off at school and saying, okay, love you, bye. Mom's going to Asia. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about that. Cause I remember seeing you on social media and you went travel to Florida. I believe he went to school in Florida. Yeah, he went to school. And from there is when you left. Yeah, I left from Florida and it was really one of the hardest things I had to do because it, I feel like I blinked and he was 18. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I taught him everything that I needed to teach him. I don't know if I said everything that I needed to say. I, I literally remember sitting in the backyard uh, and I was like, here's this list, do this, do this and check this. And this is my mantra. This is, I, I literally did that. And I, I made a Google doc and everything. I shared it with them and read it together and all this stuff. So I was freaking out 
like, what was I doing for the last 18? Did I parent this child? Did I, did I you know what I mean? So I questioning my, myself as a mom, all these things was running through my head. And then I, I thought, okay, am I doing it wrong? Because, you know, this whole societal thing about moms, am I leaving too quickly? Should I leave this far? I'm like, should I stay a little longer? All this other stuff. And then I'm leaving him in this new uh, state, right? Without family. So I got, my family's talking crap about that. Oh, Francis sent her son all the way down to Florida. Who down there? No family. So I had to hear all this smack, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it weighed on me for a while. And Florida did not work out. So there was a little bit of guilt about that too. Uh, made things probably a little bit worse. And so I don't know if that was the best decision, but it was a decision. So it was hard, but it was something I had to do again because he needs to be his own person and I need to be my own person aside from just being a mom, right? We want to make sure you'll never miss a show. So be sure to swing by our website at chroniclesabroad.com where you can subscribe via iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. While you're at it, we'll appreciate a rating on iTunes or if you simply tell a friend or five about the show, that will help us out big time. We would love to have you join our growing Facebook community. Yes, y'all. We finally opened up our group called Chronicles Abroad Collective. This is the name of the group. This is where we share tips, resources, and encouragement. If you love the episodes, then you'll love the community even more. Simply click the join button. Can't wait to see you guys there. Exactly. That was right there. That's a great point. Because you hear everybody go, you know, it, as soon as the kids get out of the house, as soon as I get the last one out, is never a right time because there's always something. And like you said, you have this guilt of, was that the best decision? We can't live in the what ifs. And I love the fact that you said that it was a decision. It doesn't matter. We deal with consequences as they come about because they're the consequences of our decisions, right? I don't think, well, let's just say it like this. Whatever was supposed to happen, happened, whether you want to be there or not, right? Our presence in a certain place doesn't necessarily stop stuff from happening. It might prolong it a little bit. It may, you know, it may make it even worse. We don't know. But the moment that we start making ourselves a priority, we start having all this guilt. And I don't understand where that comes from. Well, I mean, we live in a society. I was reading this really fascinating article about human nature, basically saying how we have all these false narratives and that we create these narratives about ourselves, which then create the systems and then we have to fit into those systems. It was, it's just fascinating. So that's where that comes from. It comes from the society who says this is what the system is supposed to be like. We try to mold ourselves to fit that by following the norms and everything else. And so when you don't have another point of reference of what that looks like, then yeah, you're going to feel those automatic feelings of guilt and everything else. But again, you as a parent need to be your best for your children. One of my favorite quotes was the most painful thing that a child can see I'm not doing it word for word, but the most painful thing that a child can see is the life of an unlived parent. And I was like, damn. Ooh, girl, that made me hit what? Do you know what that feels like to a child who's watching their parent not live to their fullest potential? Yeah. To live a life yeah. well lived? Because all that's going to do is trickle down to your children who then will be inspired by you. Damn, that hit. Ouch. Yes, man. Great, great words of wisdom. Thank you for being in full transparency about like all that was going on, right? Because that's a a pot full of stuff. It was a lot of stuff, yeah. Over a course of, and that's the thing is that we all have a pot full of stuff. It's not going to go away. (laughs) 
It's not going to go away. <laughs> it just right? changes, right? It, it, it does. However, we manage it a lot differently mm-hmm. when we start making different choices. Exactly. So now let's move on to that one-way ticket. You land in Thailand. What now is going on with that pot? Yeah, so I land in Thailand. It feels weird. Everything's weird. Everything smells differently, looks differently, moves differently, sounds differently. So it was overwhelming for me, especially the first- And, and this was your first time. My first time. Yeah, I didn't, I was not an avid traveler besides being born in the States. I traveled within the States, whatever, but never traveling overseas and never traveling that far because it was far. It's a long ass plane ride. And so I land there and I'm like, oh my God, what the hell? Where am I? (laughs) Kind of thing. And I was with all these young white millennials. So that was weird for me. So I went through some ageism stuff going on that I put on myself because they were cool, right? And once I let that role go. So you have to understand this whole process is an unfolding process. In order for me to really enjoy where I was in this present moment, I had to let go of some of who I thought I was. So it was all like... I. And you were how I was 35. So, can get it. so I was oh, around okay. a bunch of 21 year olds who, you know, parents bought them a ticket to, for a, a gap year situation or people who were just like young kids just kind of wanting to do something new and different. So, or those who were like 25 trying to figure out their lives. I was the oldest person all the time. And so that felt weird for me. But then once I let go and relax a little bit, I had the best time. And some of them were my teachers or vice versa. I learned things from them as much as they learned from me. I had to let go to enjoy the moment. And then there I lived in a couple of different places in Thailand and had some really wacky, crazy experiences and all that. But then my time came up, my contract was over. I spent some time traveling a little bit and that travel um, led me to go to Bali to work with some shamans. I worked with, I believe, five shamans. But that was intentional. Yes, correct? all intentional. Like you... I, it, I spent three mm-hmm. weeks specifically because I had gone to Bali before, but it was a weekend thing. I, I stayed in the villa, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I was having a good time. So the next time I went, I, I stayed in the homestay and I just really was, I was on my eat, pray, love. I was like, I ain't leaving here till I found some more prayer <laughs> and some more, all that other stuff. So I went through that, found some shamans, did a lot of deep, deep research. And through that process, I remember I wrote an old article about it, but through that process, what was consistent from what they were saying is like, you really just have to trust yourself more. That's really the message I got from that. Trust yourself more. Trust the process. Trust the process. And I think right? when you live in a society like yeah. the States, where it's factory kind of style, you lose a sense of being able to trust yourself, right? Especially if you're working with somebody for somebody and you're in that corporate world or whatnot, which is nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying like when you're working in a, what's that saying? A cog in a wheelbarrow, you start just thinking like it and moving like it. So, Well, they built the American dream to look yeah. a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have a certain kind of car or a certain, you have to have the car. The it's house, a linear the way, way of living fence, and that's not life. It's a very linear way of looking at life. You know, you can't have the kid with before the marriage. If you do so, you look that differently. You can't have, it has to be done in these steps and in this way in order for you, you got to work for 35, 40 years, 50 years before you can actually retire and get the money that your job, you know, put aside for you or that you put aside for you. And then when you retire, then you have to retire yeah. and it looks like this. Like everything is planned out like a step. on what this. Yeah, my friend. What Stepford wise. No, like, no, no, so no. My friend had said one time, she was saying like relationships, she's talking about relationships but you could look at this in life as well but she said i'm not into staircase relationships yeah so life can feel that way sometimes 
I say this point to say that whatever thing that you're afraid to do, understand that you have been born with everything. It's just like society over time has reprogrammed us to think differently. And our job is to deprogram ourselves. So you have everything that you need to make those decisions, to take that risk and everything else. So trust yourself and just trust the process. We want to make sure you'll never miss a show. So be sure to swing by our website at chroniclesabroad.com where you can subscribe via iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. While you're at it, we'll appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend or five about the show, that will help us out big time. We would love to have you join our growing Facebook community. Yes, y'all. We finally opened up our group called Chronicles Abroad Collective. This is the name of the group. This is where we share tips, resources, and encouragement. If you love the episodes, then you'll love the community even more. Simply click the join button. Can't wait to see you guys there. Let's let's jump into that really quickly because as much as, you know, and I'm really laying all of the cards on the table here, as much as we say trust the process and, you know, do all these things and we put ourselves in positions to do so, it doesn't just happen overnight for either one of us, right? What was your setbacks as well? You know, because I remember when now everything that you discussed up to this point was before you and I met in Thailand or before you and I um, reconnected in Thailand. What I would say is I know that when we connected in Thailand, um, your second time around after coming back from Japan, I remember saying to you one time, like, you left the States to come to Thailand to do the same thing because you were working full time. You were up early, you know, in the house and you was tired. And, and now here I am jet setting around Thailand, like, hey, you want to go take a ride? You're like, well, I got to meet and I got to work. I got to do it. And I'm just like, God dang, that, did you leave the States to come to Thailand and do the same thing? How did you feel about that? Like putting yourself back into kind of not a bubble, but back into the work nine to five mode and, you know, had to deal with kind of even things on the weekend that had to do with work. And then you ended up getting kind of more work because you started working for a university. And then you said like you really did kind of it just kept piling it on, piling it on. So everything that you were preaching, you were kind of setting yourself back. But can you talk about like why that happened or what was going on in that time frame? Well, what I always preach is like do what feels most comfortable for you in that moment and be okay with it once you make a decision. And so for me, I knew what these contracts, I knew what I was getting into, essentially. I'm someone who, for better or for worse, if I commit to something or somebody's depending on something, my goal is just to just see it through, you know, reevaluate and whatnot. So there are moments where I kept getting back into that, right? And a lot of that came back for fear, not trusting the process or um, not trusting the process fully. Also focusing on like finance stuff, right? Because, you know, I have a lot of student loan debt. I want to get rid of it and I want to be debt free. So there was a lot of things I was kind of hanging, not kind of like in the middle of everything, right? Just not knowing. I decided, you're right, I was doing the same things. Again, when I went back to the States, you know, I worked for a language school a little bit here and there, but then I got a job, right? And I started, <laughs> but I, I've said to myself, if I'm going to do this, it has to be 
something that's within the realms of my interests. And it was different this time around. Back in the day when you would go for interviews, you kind of like felt like you were dependent on this job, but I never felt that way coming in. And this is the most confident I ever felt in my life when it came to job interviews. And I was like, yo, if this doesn't work out, it's totally fine. But I'm also not gonna be, I'm not gonna seek a job that's totally out of alignment anymore. I'm not gonna seek any other situations that's totally out of alignment anymore. And this position was completely in alignment and it had the flexibility I, I wanted and it had a very entrepreneurial spirit. And so I was like, all right, let's do this. But then again, it was temporary. And I was like, yeah, I need to stop going back and forth with all this. When can I plant my feet to move forward? So that's when I opened the coaching business, started to step into myself. Now you see me a little bit more visible, speaking the truth of, the, of what I've been wanting to say when it comes to being a therapist and reconnecting with yeah. that and redesigning how I wanted to see that look. Yeah, I just really wanted to harp on that and that time because what I, I want the listeners to understand is, yes, there's always a situation where we even, what I say, you know, I don't want to call it backsliding, but don't listen to our own yeah. advice because we find ourselves doing the same thing that we're telling other people not to do. And I think it's important to just show the contrast that yeah. Like you said, it, it, a lot of it could have been fear-based. A lot of it was stemmed around, you know, oh, I, I need to be debt-free. I need to be debt-free. So I have to work, work. And that's the, that's the mindset that we're trying to say, don't be a part of. But then you found yourself a part of that. Yeah, mindset. I'm not immune to that work. stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? None of us not are. You, you know? I mean. Yeah. So it's like, give yourself grace because you might. One of the elements of change is relapse. Understand that relapse may wow. occur, but be prepared. Build a structure for when the relapse happens. What can I do in this process? Who can I talk to to get a better perspective on things? Um, you know, whatever the change is, put some supports in place for when those relapse happen. What you're going to find over time is those relapses become less and less and less and less. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that we're able to kind of like just break it down, right? Because when we really look at, you know, our lives, it it's not it never was effortless it happened everything no. <laughs> there was a lot of ebbs and flows do you know what i mean and a lot of those ebbs and flows were not discussed publicly because they're our life, which, you know, is is our life, you know, but now being public figures and, and really using our stories as a way to share and to inspire and empower others. I think it's so important that you guys know a little bit more, right, about kind of where we are and where we were in those times. We done went through a lot. OK, so as we're getting yeah, up, yeah. as we're wrapping <laughs> this up, let's talk about the move back to the States. Yeah. So you were abroad first starting off in Thailand, then you moved to Japan, mm -hmm. then you had went back to Thailand and spent the last year of your time abroad in Thailand. This was with me in Chiang Mai. This is when um, we really like, we had a house, we were really kind of in the visible, visible, visible. <laughs> visible with Chronicles Abroad, you know, you're building a lot more community, all these things are just happening, 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 happening. And then, bam, I'm going back to the States. Let's talk about that. Yeah, truth be told, I mean, I wanted to continue to stay overseas, I, but I wanted to see my family too as well. And so I moved back and I had this whole thing in my head about how things are supposed to be and how they're going to be. And you already know how that pans out, right? <laughs> we have the universe come in and say, ha! 
never mind. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened to me. So I came back, forced all my ideals on my son. I got him up and running with some like some programs and stuff, and that was good for him. It worked out on that end. But like his health really tried to take that over, and it just backfired on me. What I've learned over the months is just kind of let people be on their own journeys, and which is something I'm aware of. But even as a parent, we want to like really want to hold on and grasp and do all these things. And I had to take a step back and say, this is not my life. Like, you know, whatever happens will happen. And that's a tough pill to swallow because we want to be able to fix things and take care of things. Especially and, with the people we yeah, love. Yeah, we don't want them to feel pain and hurt and all that stuff. But that's part of the growth is the pain, the process, all of that. And we want them to share in these beautiful experiences that we've been able to see and witness. And I get it. You know, I mean, people always say, oh, do your kids come visit me? No, they actually don't. And that's not my choice. That's theirs. And I use I used to feel really like upset about it. Now I'm just like, it's their loss. I'm still I'm still living YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> And having a good time doing it is nobody else's loss, but the person who chooses not to be a part of it. It's not, I, I can't yeah. control those situations yeah. anymore. So living overseas, I mean, it was, I mean, living overseas, I keep saying that because I'm just ready to go back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so living in the States, it was tough. It was, you know, I was at my cousin's house and I had my own space. So I had to go back to that lifestyle. Uh, you know, I've always had my own for a very long time. So being back there was different. And what about the culture shock of the reverse culture this- shock? reverse culture shock i mean just the price alone the cost of living alone oh yeah well, everything just run everything <laughs> quadrupled i mean going grocery shopping like spending three four hundred dollars for groceries where i spent like 30 40 dollars a month barely and that's when i'm splurging in groceries so it was a drastic financial blow for me and i think that's what led to getting something a little bit i'm like if i'm going to be here for a little while i don't mind getting a job till i figure some stuff out and some or cement some things in the process and so that worked out and i really that helped also reaffirm that what i wanted to continue doing which is being a therapist and coaching people through emotional blockages and all that stuff so that reaffirmed that like oh, okay francis still got a little bit you know i've been kind of a little rusty out the field so that helped in that process that reaffirmed that i needed to reaffirm what help being grounded like going no going back, back to, to go, going back to that position in a role in a school okay. i became a middle school counselor being back in that field i needed to be back to see number one if this was something i still really wanted to do mm-hmm. number two how are those skills do i still got it kind of thing a lot of that was reaffirmed for me and so, so taking like, that job reignited mm-hmm. what it was that you felt burnt out about exactly. 10 years prior but now you're in a different place where you can handle and you was able to manage and control it to where it suits you exactly. because you no longer are a social worker for um, Department of, um, what is it? That's okay. Department of yeah. Family Services. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I used to yeah. do child welfare. So, but yeah, so kind of like, now, yeah. yeah, it showed me a new You're appreciation. In the lane if you want to be in. Exactly. It showed me a new pre- appreciation for it. And it also reminded me that like, I don't have to like stick within these guidelines. I can literally mm-hmm. serve people the way that I would love to serve people. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do it within an institution. Yeah. And so that led me to want to create something of my own to create my own philosophy and serve people that way. Yeah. So being back in the States, it wasn't, I reconnected with my family. It was all positive. I definitely had moments where I was like depressed for a few moments. Especially when the winter hit, I'm sure. Yeah. Because you are back in Boston of all things. Mm -hmm. Because you're actually approaching almost two years, right? A year and a half? I'm at a year and a half. Because I remember March is when I came back. 
Yeah. March is when he came back, but not March of last year, March, March of, of the 2019. So mm-hmm. full transparency, when you left, it was supposed to only be for a couple of months. A couple of months now ended up to a year, year and a half. So well, time moves. It moves. Time moves. It really does. Yes, it moves and then, very quickly. And then the quarantine obviously slowed a lot of things down. But my plan was to leave around August uh, or September, depending on getting my son settled. Of 20, up 2020. 2019. 2020, mm-hmm. sorry, 2020. Because well, my son will be done okay. with the program. He graduates in July. Once he gets get him settled in, but then COVID happened and, and readjusted all that because of him moving, whatever. Overall, I needed that space back in the States because it, it also gave me time to recenter myself, reconnect family and all that stuff. But I knew I knew it was time for me to go though. Like I get feeling really antsy, which led me to go to Mexico, which is where I am now. And again, <laughs> realizing like, yeah, this is the life that is for me. Realizing that I don't belong in the States. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Not the lifestyle, not any of it, not the energy that's there. Again, re-solidifies that overseas is where I want to be permanently. Just not sure where. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you don't have any choices at this time. Not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> Not a lot. So, you know, the choices are very, and, and it's sad, but it's the reality for a traveler such as myself, who is an avid, like full-time traveler. I've been in Mexico now for a little over a year. Do I love it? Not as much as I like it. I loved being in Asia. And just like you, Francis, you know, having a thought process of how our time away from Thailand would look. I still have luggage in Thailand because I didn't expect to be gone over a year. I didn't expect to be gone more than six months. And here I am a year and a half almost in Mexico. I took some time and went to Colombia first, but I want to get back to what I felt, you know, where I felt good, where I felt my best and I can't even get there. So that has been really challenging. However, it's been a blessing to have been in a place such as Mexico, where I've been able to build community, find community and bring community here. Um, So that has always been a, a great point. But this goes with me going into the pivoting. So during this year that you've been pretty much back in the States, you've had to pivot. For those that don't know, Francis has another podcast. And can you give them a little bit about your podcast? Yeah. That you have. Yeah, it's uh, it's called Tapped. Therapists are people too. And it's something I thought about when I was living in Thailand. And I decided to Basically, I got some of my therapist friends. I asked, like, yo, you want to do podcasts with me? And these are the most reserved folks, okay? That this is not, this was a very big challenge for them. And so I appreciate them for saying yes. But I really wanted to give a different perspective and to let normalize therapy, first of all. Uh, this podcast specifically is for therapists and healers and coaches and anyone who's doing this work, uh, but also to have conversations that weren't happening that needed to happen. So it's a little mm-hmm. unconventional. It's It's raw. It's transparent and authentic. And so we talk about some of the things that aren't really being talked about in the mental health field as therapists, healers, and coaches who are doing the work and how, yeah, so it's, it, it's a little mm-hmm. radical. It's been fun. We're on uh, season two, just wraps up season two. We don't have a website that we keep it as basic as simple because everybody's so busy. <laughs> so we just keep it really basic and simple and don't know what we're doing with it yet. I don't know if it's going to be a forever thing. It might not. I don't know. It could be a seasonal thing. Okay. So let's talk about also you started, you launched Defying Resistance. Can you give um, the audience, uh, the listeners, a little bit of background of what Defying Resistance is? Yeah, Defying Resistance. So on that blog, I provide ways in which that people can find ways to defy the resistance in their lives. Resistance to make a decision, 
or there's procrastination, fear avoidance, like avoiding certain situations, all that stuff, anything that's slowing you down, getting in the way, I provide you tips and resources how to defy that resistance so that you can thrive, essentially. And that led to me creating my coaching practice, which is really helping women to remove emotional blockages so that they can thrive. Because I always find that people come back and say, I thought I learned that, but I didn't. No, no, I love it. Because the the whole point of really just letting people know exactly where you are today, it shows from that, that spectrum from the beginning that we discussed all the way to now, regardless of the choices or decisions that were made, you are where you needed to be at this moment. Exactly. You know, and doing the things that you were called to do and living in your purpose. You might not had, you know, you had three years of kind of ebb and flowing and kind of moving your way through, but it led you to where you are today. So I want people to leave this podcast with that particular notion is that we don't always have the blueprint in front of us. And even if we do have a plan laid out, I mean, we got it laid out. If the universe anticipates you to do something else, you go into ebb and flow. The life is about ebbs and flows, you know? However, really understanding that your life and that you live in abundance and having that gratitude for the even smallest things around you will open you up for bigger and better opportunities. Yeah. You know, so it goes back to that whole mindset. Yeah. And I just want to say you are the creator of your life. And the minute that light bulb popped up for me, I was like, holy smokes, you can literally maneuver your life like a chess piece. And as long as you're not committed to how it needs to to look, the world is just going to open up for you. Yeah, it's the it's the letting go and trusting the process. Yeah. Literally, letting go and trusting the process. I think that's what we're going to call this one. Letting go and trusting Just the, the process. process. <laughs> All right, so we're going to end this podcast off today, this episode with the fact that Francis right now is in Mexico. Um, you are going back home mm-hmm. shortly, but the goal at this point is to go yeah. back abroad, yeah. correct? Yeah, uh, my- Target goals of October, first early October. So okay. we'll see where I land. Not sure. Not too many places, like you said. So. <laughs> you guys, I'm sure, will be kept up to date where Francis is land, where Francis lands. But thank you. I wanted to say thank you for taking the time out and being fully transparent with our audience, Francis. I think people now are going to know so much more about you, even though you discussed little pieces in different parts of the podcast. I think this is the first time where we actually really talked about every little mm-hmm. piece for all my business uh, from the beginning, <laughs> all your business, because you know what. It's our stories are what resonates with everybody and our stories are what helps inspire and empower others and that's the whole point of this podcast so thank you for being open and being transparent well thank you for for being a good host oh wait thank you see my my love language is words of affirmation guys so you know hearing somebody say thank you makes my heart flutter and smile and shit my face is all you know all the smiling and stuff so with that said we're gonna leave it on a good note before you know miss ish taco over here says something else that (laughs) negates the compliment that that she just gave but overall this was great i look forward to our I mean, Sky's the limit. we're doing it. Sky's I'm the limit. It. I'm so glad that we were able to put our differences aside and really work towards one common goal, which is to help inspire and empower others to live their lives with passion and purpose. So till next time. Peace. 
Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.